0: I'm Nathan Oren, and this is Journal Talk, the Q&A session where we answer your questions about journal writing. We are back with another episode of Journal Talk Q&A. My name is Nathan Oren, and I'm here again with the one, the only, Susan Borkin. Hi, Susan. (laughs)
1: I make mean, every time you say that it just makes me giggle. <laughs> I'm looking around. Are there other Susan Borkins here?
0: I don't okay, know. Let's so Google. I... Let's Google and find out. Maybe <laughs> actually, there are. Do you know there
1: is? But I don't want to go there. Okay. All
0: right. Do, do you? You've never been confused with her, have you?
1: <laughs> well, once, but it was a very funny thing. It's a cousin, and she married and I have maintained my family name. So guess what? I'm older, and I was here first. So. <laughs> The one and only original Susan.
0: There we go. I'll start saying that. The one, the only, the original (laughs) Susan Borkin. Yep, that's me. I'm kind of lucky, you know, marketing wise, you know, the name Nathan Oren is not a very common name. I knew this from when I was young. Nathan used to be a very uncommon name when I received it it was very uncommon it's becoming more and more common but the last name Oren I never knew anybody else that had that name and it was it's one of those stories where people come over from Ellis Island you know from the Russia some city that no longer exists and yeah, totally. and the name yeah. got changed on the you know on the way to get papers across because the right. the Germans you know were out to get the jews and and <laughs> so well, heard... I, yeah
1: they were probably hanging out with my people at Ellis Island so I totally get that
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think I'm a one and only there may be one or two other out there but uh, I haven't met anybody haven't heard of them and when I Google, nobody else shows up.
1: Well, good so, for you. You uh, are unique, but then <laughs> you are unique. So there you go.
0: <laughs> ah, yes. Susan, I've got another one of these questions for you. So I've been saving this. This is oh. uh, Amy from Fairfield. I shouldn't say what state, but could be Fairfield, Nebraska. I don't know. It could be. Amy uh, has written in, and I've been holding on to this one. I usually say, you know, when I'm answering questions like this. I'm not a therapist. Uh, I can give you my opinion, what works for me, but it's so great to have you here, Susan, to share what actually a therapist would say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's hear from Amy.
2: Hello, Journal Talk. This is Amy Callahan in Fairfield. Your last episode really caught my attention, and I'd like to hear some suggestions for riding my way through some um, emotional pain and depression I've been experiencing lately. I already know not to just try pepping myself up and I've gotten pretty good at letting it be okay and just to feel whatever I'm feeling. But uh, do you have a recommendation for how journaling can possibly treat depression or uh, what specifically can I hope for? Just some temporary relief on a tough day or I guess I'm wondering, could it help with more long-lasting, like long-term effects? Also wondering um, what kinds of journal prompts should I be using, because all the prompts I see everyone sharing are like pop psychology catchphrases that they just don't do anything for me. And I find myself getting frustrated to make them apply to my own weird way of looking at things. So I've been keeping a journal for a few years now, and uh, while it does seem to help with some very time-sensitive goals... I just haven't found it to provide a cure for the blues as much as I hoped it would. So, yeah, I'm wondering, do you think writing can really help someone in the long term with depression? Or am I just chasing a rainbow here sort of thing? Thanks very much.
0: Wow, quite a, question. a question. And asked. I want to thank you, Amy. You're not the only person who has written to me about this. There's other questions. I picked this one because uh, it seemed to touch on a lot of the themes that other people have. So this is Amy and Sandra and Kelly and and yes. a, a number of people have written in with this type of thing. And I'll be honest, I sometimes get sad feelings around the holidays, around times, and I don't, know myself, Susan, is uh, I say journal writing helps me and I know what it helps me with. And I know how to, you know, bring my inner characters in my inner committee to help me. But I love the way that Amy phrased the thing about what's realistic, you know, what's really realistic for me to hope for here? Is this something that I'm eventually one day going to get out of? Or it's just going to be like an ongoing thing and I have to keep coming back to it?
1: Right. Well, I think this is such an important question. And the way I was listening very carefully to the way this question was asked and it just it hits on so many things like, you know, not making up simple solutions and long term depression. And will this help the blues? All of those are really critical. But let me start with my usual disclaimer. You know, I've been a therapist for so long that I I just I would feel really remiss if I didn't say this depression can be a very serious and debilitating illness. Mm. And we have to take that seriously. And I I think, Nathan, as you know me, I have, well, a ridiculous sense of humor, actually. But this is one time I get very, very serious, because there are times where, you know, it's pretty devastating, now, mm-hmm. feeling blue, feeling depression is extremely normal and appropriate at some times. For example, you lose a loved one, someone dies, a woman has a miscarriage, uh, you're in a serious car accident, mm-hmm. anything like that. And then I started thinking about that a little more, what you just had said. 9-11, we had a national depression. Yeah. But our country was bl- literally blown apart, and there was something about Everybody feeling that. It was a very emotional time. That's appropriate. You're supposed to feel badly when something like that happens. Mm -hmm. But here's, I think, the separation point and the, the critical piece here. If depression feels as though it's impacting your life, like you can't get up in the morning or you've got real issues about feeling so blue, you just don't feel good most of the time, you don't look forward to anything at all. You do need to see someone professionally. And many of my own clients have said, you know, I just don't want to take medication. I don't want to see someone. I can do this on my own. And here's what I ask them. I say, if you were diabetic and you needed insulin, would you try to do that on your own?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If your body requires medication because of an imbalance of chemicals, which is what depression is. I mean, there are lots of things that go into it, but essentially it's a, you know, there's something that's not right in the chemical balance here, then you can't just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and snap out of it. I mean, that's a, there's this, please forgive this. This is an odd use of my humor, but there's a cartoon I remember seeing years ago in uh, some kind of psychology journal. And the guy says, um, it says one session therapy. And then they have got a picture of the sky, and he says, Snap out of it. You know, Mm. it's not that easy, is what I'm saying. But but in some cases, you do need medication. You do need to be seen by a psychiatrist. But that's not where we're going to focus today. We're going to focus on the many ways that writing, journaling can really help depression. And I've got a whole bunch of thoughts on that. I'm just going to blurt them out here. Okay. Yeah, very Um, good. And one is called a great exercise this comes from the positive psychology movement. It was developed by Martin Seligman, and it's called Three Good Things. Now, yes, it does have a little bit of the pop psych quality, but here's the thing. The whole field of positive psychology is moving toward evidence-based, which means there is science behind this. Mm-hmm. It's not just a smiley, yellow smiley face. Mm-hmm. It's it, uh, As a matter of fact, I have one of those sitting in front of me right now, and I swear it's winking at me. But (laughs) but this is not in that category. There's actual signs that if you do this, you will feel better. So here's how the three good things work. And it's focusing on positive things, but it's what happens as you do that. So let me read a couple of directions here. So it's pretty simple, three good things. So each night before you go to bed, I like to do it at the end of the day. You certainly could do it in the morning, but mm-hmm. my preference would be at night. Sit quietly and think about the good things that happened during the day and write these things down in a journal or notebook or however you keep your, your mm-hmm. journaling work. Mm-hmm. And do this every day for like a month. Notice how you feel at the end of the month and then yeah, do some writing about that. Mm-hmm. Here's what happens. When we start to think about oh, I said I'd try that exercise for a month, you start looking for stuff to feel good about. Yes. Isn't that funny how that works? And I have a very personal story, and I, I want to just share this. I was actually on a retreat. Uh, I went to the ocean for a few days, and here I am in this fabulous room in a motel near the, near the beach, and I... What do I do? I focus on the fact that I cannot open the skyline in my room. Now I become completely focused on this. I have this room is in beautiful shades of mauve and, <laughs> and, you know, and purples. And it's like, oh my goodness. And, oh, it's just the ocean, you know, nothing going on here. And it's, <laughs> completely beautiful and what do i do i obsess i obsess about the fact the skyline won't open (laughs) and i do all these crazy antics i sneak i'm so embarrassed but i'm just going to blurt this out i sneak over to the pool and i think i'll get that really long thing that they use to clean the pool and i'll poke it up Oh my gosh i am so out of control at this point and i'm making myself miserable and then finally, thank goodness, I went to sleep in the next staring at the skylight that wouldn't open. And the next morning I get up and I say, this is utterly ridiculous. I There's so much here to make me happy. And I'm concentrating on the one thing that's right. not right. making me happy. So I've made up my own exercise. I love to do that because I live in the world of why not, you know? Sure. And I wrote a list in my little journal and I started it called, and I called it, I'm going to see if I can write down 101 things that make me happy. Ooh. It was so amazing. And then I began to repeat myself a few times. I mean, I let's just say my grandchildren appeared on that list more than once. <laughs> um, I, I love to walk labyrinths. I love to go to the beach. I love to read. I love to see films. And all of the things that just made me happy. And every time I go back to that list or think about that list, I'd feel so much better and it's a very easy thing to do so that's a very personal example of of anything you can do i call it a 101 things that can make me happy i like that i like
0: that and it's okay to repeat i like that uh uh letting letting yourself repeat if it comes to mind again don't make so many rigid rules that you can't yeah yeah. you've Um, already
1: said that that (laughs) doesn't count well (laughs) it's so guess what it makes you really happy right (laughs) Because you said it two or three times. But the idea is it's just its so much fun because then you start walking around going, what else? What else? And you just keep adding, uh, you know, the, the 101 is arbitrary, but it, you know, it's, yeah. it's a number yeah. to for it's kind of it's fun.
0: It's kind of like a, a formula for coming up with your own happy juice, you know, yes, it's, exactly. uh, it's my own happy juice recipe. And, right. you know, for Amy and the folks out there who say, you know, I don't like those pop psychology yellow smiley face things, that you know, pretend. I get that I do. I've felt that way before. And I think that the difference here is, you're just trying to pull out of your hat, some memory, some reminders of what it is that had me feeling good, so that they're there. It's like putting your stuffed animals around you, you know, for comfort. And it's not trying to you know bring back anything it's not trying to pretend that you're happy if you don't feel like it it's just just bringing your favorite memories to the surface just so that they're there playing with you
1: right it's based again on, on from positive psychology on savoring and mm-hmm. enjoying and the memory of enjoying and the anticipation of enjoying Again, are powerful yeah. ways to yeah yeah so uh Anyway, I hope that's helpful. I have some other ideas, but I wanted to kind of tell you that because that's quite a personal story. I'm sort of embarrassed and I it's such a ridiculous <laughs> thing, but, you know, we're here to learn. So there we Yeah, go.
0: thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, I think people will probably, I relate to that. I, I certainly get like that from time to on the one thing that
1: yeah, right. isn't that's working. Not yeah, yeah.
0: What do you say, Susan, about the long-term and the short-term immediate stuff?
1: Well, I think that short term certainly is easier to deal with this 101 things, you know, is certainly something that deals with things in the short term. I think for long term, it's better to probably have established activities. And I'm, I'm going to suggest something like this in terms of that. There are identifiable things called intentional activities. And that is to say that there are activities that actually scientifically have been proven to make us feel better mm. and th- those things include one of them would be uh, fitness exercise you know being outdoors uh, meditation diet personal goal setting that's one of mine people don't think of that as a happiness creating thing but I'm a person who's very goal oriented so if I have a thing I'm working on I almost always feel better than when I don't have a thing I'm mm-hmm. working. So that kind of intentional thing, being kind to other people, appreciation, these are all specific intentional activities that you can do over a lifetime. And what happens is if you begin to do them on a regular basis and they become part of your lifestyle, you really can create a life that feels happier. And as a matter of fact, you could do something, I call it like an intentional activities log, where you actually write down the thing you did to make you feel happier. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. you have on record, here's an activity. Today I was got up and I was feeling a, on a scale of zero to 10, kind of a four on the happiness, 10 being great and four being eh, not so great. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to my um, intentional activities log. I decided I'd just take a walk around the block. Oh yeah, you know, I felt a little bit better. So that's something you can use forever for mm-hmm. in the long term or I need to kind of organize my goals for the new year, or I'm going to go back to sort of that kind of planning, because that makes me feel better. So selecting specific things you do, if you're more of an extroverted sort, you may feel better being around people. So create a little dinner party or do something like Mm -hmm. that. And remember that, that makes you feel better, that goes on your, you're intentionally doing something to feel better.
0: Yeah, I like it. This is great. So that's definitely a long term type of and what I hear there is, you know, the scientific uh, piece of this, the the activities that help you to your system to produce those uh, wonderful serotonin and I don't know the names of them all, but
1: endorphins. Yeah. 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 All those good chemicals. Right. Exactly. So
0: you're finding those activities that contribute to that and you're making notes about them and you're planning them and you're just incorporating. Again, it's like the stuffed animal thing, but instead of just setting them out on your table, you're incorporating them into your daily life.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. that, That becomes part of a plan so that's one uh, another way to do it, as you say that's a really good strategy, I think for long term. I have a couple of just kind of quick things um mm-hmm. and you can use these both long term and short term, but this is something that
0: these are in your book right yes
1: they're all they're yeah all if you don't mind
0: book. just um naming page numbers or chat where people yeah, are I'll
1: give some idea where the three good things exercises page ninety eight if you have the book um and intentional activities log is page uh, 106 uh, to 107. There's a little diagram there showing intentional activities, a little chart. So there are a couple other things that I think can be extremely useful. This came out of sort of the work with dialogues, but if you give depression a voice, so here's a way you'd approach that. So you sit quietly for a few minutes and Become aware of your breathing, you know, sort of that meditative sitting, become aware of your body, mm-hmm. and then begin to imagine that your depression was or is an entity. It has a voice. Mm. So I am Susan's or I am Nathan's depression, and I am big and ugly and have claws and scraggly icky hair. Mm-hmm, and- mm-hmm and i want to you see so you give you instead
0: of mine looks like a big giant booger
1: thank you Nathan. (laughs) that really was very clear and i'm sure the listeners will remember that (laughs) whatever yeah exactly something that i'm sorry i just love to give you a hard time it's so much fun but um so you're giving this thing a voice and your big booger has something to say. Right. So there you go. You know, so, and it really, it sounds, some of these things sound so simplistic. I think, what am I? And yet I know they work cause I've most of my made up. No, and I this is it.
0: good. No, it's good stuff. Very so, good.
1: Um, that's another thing you can do. That's giving depression a voice. And then there's one more that I just love. And this one, I, I remember the day I made it up and I've, I've used it with With I remember this kid came in once, just kind of a grouchy teenage person. And it comes out as, I used to start with uh, I want lists, but this is an I don't want list. And I'm going to actually mm. read a little something um, from the book, which I think is
0: really helpful. This is the book, The Healing Power of Writing.
1: That's right. And this is on page 104, where I don't want lists is described But this is what happened. This is my story. One particular day, it was many years ago, I didn't feel like going to the office. And I didn't feel like emptying the dishwasher. And I didn't feel like doing much of anything I was (laughs) supposed to be doing. I thought I would write in my journal. And even that made me grouchy. So I started to make a list of all the things I didn't want to do. The list kept getting longer and longer. And after a few minutes, I realized I was having a good time. Not only that, I was feeling energized. So you can imagine giving this to a young man. Oh, yes. Go for it, kid, you know, or you don't have to be that young. The idea being, let it out. Just Mm -hmm. say all the things. Mm -hmm. Instead of I want this and I'm happy about that, you know, just say all the crap that's, that's bothering you and get it out there.
0: And you know what's funny is I could hear a journal entry like this becoming some kind of Shel Silverstein poem.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. no. It's <laughs> Sarah, exactly Sarah Sylvia, Cynthia Stout would not take the garbage out. You remember that it's one? Exactly.
1: That. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so much stuff you can do with it because it's rather than pushing it aside. I mean, a lot of, you know, Freud said this, a lot of depression comes from feelings of anger and that anger is turned inside. Hmm. So let it out. And
0: obligation, you know, um, when I have felt depressed and I was mentioning about the holidays, it's obligations, like having to do things, having to smile, having to have an answer for how things are going at work or a reason why this didn't happen or that or just explanations and and having to wear nice clothes when I don't feel like wearing tight, nice clothes. I feel like wearing right. loose and baggy clothes, you know? Right exactly obligation yeah
1: yeah so whatever your thing is it's just like if you can take a few minutes before you have to go to work or get dressed in the clothes that are the proper clothes but really you'd rather hang out in your gym shorts or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just write it all down yeah dump it out
0: and then again you can see it you can deal with it you can take You know, take them at a time or not take them at all or prioritize whatever you want to do with it at that point. Right. But seeing it it as clarity.
1: Right. It makes it available to you. Yeah.
0: Very good. Excellent, Susan. I really appreciate this.
1: Well, this is, um, Boy, i got a little excited about that. I mean, this is such an interesting topic to me. <laughs> I'm sorry to get a little carried away, but, you know.
0: No, and we may need to come back to it at some point, because there's I mean, this is just, like I said, just one question that I tried to fuse together a couple pieces from some of the other questions, but this one really touched on a lot.
1: Right. Good. Yeah.
0: Susan, thanks again for joining us on another episode of Journal Talk Q&A. Tell us how we can reach you and how we can get a copy of this book.
1: Okay. There are two different websites, Nathan. First is SusanBorkin.com. The second is HealingPowerOfWriting.com.
0: Excellent. All right. We'll look for you there. And thanks again for your time. And we'll see you on another episode. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Journal Talk Q&A. If you have a question you would like featured on the program in a future episode, please send it to me at nathan at easyjournaling.com. Nathan at easyjournaling.com. I would love to feature it here and send you a little thank you gift for uh, sharing your question. You can also send it to me in the form of a voice message. If you would like to share your voice on Journal Talk Q&A, you can dial this number. It's 1 1- That's a United States number and only normal toll charges apply. There's no extra charge for journal talk Q and a thanks everyone again and have a great week and we'll see you next time. Meanwhile, keep on writing. This episode of journal talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for life an online resource for living with passion, clarity and purpose through journaling. Visit our website at www.write The number four, life, L-I-F-E Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk.